boys. Hey, boys. <laughs> boys. You boys look kind of funny. You boys ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> you ain't from around here. Shut up and sit down. Oh, yeah, it's gonna get real cold up in here right now. Check this out. A nice dame to get on a bicycles, take a ride down to the park, pedaling up and down the hills, birds sing and dogs they bark. It is a stretch, but so far what you are hearing is the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Have you heard that perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did? Okay, what the f***? What the bloody hell was that? Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering. Today, I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance right here in the studio. Hey, Lance. Hi, Lance. Lance, you're wearing pants. Yeah, I'm fully clothed at the moment. At the moment, yeah. A little bit less hair, but yeah. (laughs) To his right, Evan Price. I would ask what you are drinking, but I am two and a half cups of coffee into my day right now. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Jake needs to stop feeding me coffee. LaCroix. 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 <laughs> I'm sipping on some coffee too, but I'm mm-hmm. not near as not amped close. up as not Mr. Evan Price. You know what it was too? I had a noon tablet with the caffeine stuff while oh I was on gosh. the trainer. So oh actually geez. it's probably three and a half so cups hot. of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I feel like if you just yell out LaCroix, it's kind of almost like yelling out parkour. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should just be my interest. I've asked what you're drinking. Just yell out LaCroix. LaCroix. <laughs> I don't know. Good stuff. And that's the last one for the show. Uh, backpedal. Wait, we, we didn't introduce Matt LaCroix. What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait. Let me let me take a little hit of this coffee here. <laughs> hit of the coffee. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Of and to Evan's right is Matt <laughs> LeGrand. You guys are looking fantastic, fantastic today. I'm seeing you through the radio waves, and oh my gosh, you look good. Those waves are looking really good. <laughs> They're looking good. Excellent. Let's try this again. Jump into the backpedal. Lance, you want to backpedal for us? Yes, I do want to backpedal. Oh boy. Oh boy. Race number one. Go. So, race three times this week. Three times. I raced <laughs> Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Saturday morning. Tuesday night at the Trophy Cup in the men's 50-plus category. Um, I got a a pretty decent start and and was going pretty well. I worked my way through the field, and I got up to the front of the field and uh, was running over some barriers. And and after I was remounting my bike, my my shorts caught on the back of my seat. Of your seat? Oh, okay. I was trying to pull my leg over, and they caught, and I just like, Forced it okay. and jumped on the bike and kept going. Did the whole race. A guy from my field caught me. I let him pass me. I sat on his wheel and out sprinted him for the win. So I won the race. Right. So nice. Congrats. I, yeah. So I, I after the race, everybody kind of gathers to like, chat. hey, yep. you know, chat and whatnot. And I just rolled up and stopped and was talking to, to the guys. And one of them rolled up and was like. Lance, you are hanging out of your shorts. <laughs> so uh. I had ripped <laughs> I had ripped a dinner plate size of lycra out of my bib shorts. And it was Describe the exact location, please. <laughs> 
it was just right of center. Yeah. So center center front, correct? So center front. Center front. <laughs> center front. So um, y- you could tell that I hadn't manscaped, but you couldn't really quite tell. Yeah. I was covered, but barely. So it's it was a very European sort of cover. Uh, yeah. Was it a generous? Just <laughs> Mediterranean cover no, was it, it? it was enough that he he said something. I looked down and was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like totally embarrassed because there was too much showing. Yeah, <laughs> I had to rush over to the van and put some shorts on because I was like hanging out. I was hanging. Oh out. my gosh! <laughs> the funny thing was, I did not realize it at all. I raced three laps like that. That's incredible. And did not. The temperature was like right at like seventy two degrees, so it wasn't <laughs> it was like nice. yeah. it wasn't brisk or cold or yeah, to where hot. you could notice. It was, it was just like, oh, I just I ripped my shorts off. Probably could start right now. Where was the heckle? Oh, yeah, I, you know, I I'm not sure. I got a lot of heckles afterwards. Everybody was probably too far into the red to really realize. <laughs> Did they like change gears and go into cat calling instead yeah. or what? I yeah, like I think there was shock. Actually, well, yeah, because it was like, in the oh. front. So if you're at the front of the race, nobody's gonna see that till the very end of That's the race. Correct. <laughs> So pretty stinking hilarious. So literally, Lance no pants living very up to his name there. Lance no pants that race, (laughs) right? And there's pictures, and Uh there are photos. Yeah, because I had a teammate out who was taking photos, and he like enhance. He didn't realize either. He was taking photos and didn't notice either. You know, because he's watching the action and people are moving. You know, quickly and. The photos are, I would say, PG thirteen to to maybe one NC step 17. past. I think it's, yeah. I think it's uh, yeah. NC seventeen. I don't really further, know. But yeah, it's there's nothing showing. Barely. I don't know. You can definitely tell like where you stop shaving. Yeah. So yeah. it's that is a true good it's, point. It's a okay. good. It's a good photo. <laughs> Next race. Let's move on. Okay. It's a good photo. One of your finest. I think. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Matt you. really enjoyed I, it. I really. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've got it hanging on my wall. <laughs> It's going to be part of your next YouTube video. Yep. So the very next night, blind date at the dairy, I showed up and got grief from everybody. <laughs> of course you did. Everybody's like, oh, Lance, you're going to keep your pants on this time? I said, I don't know. The night is young. <laughs> so, were you Were you wearing the same bib shorts? <laughs> I know. Those are ruined. They Those are done? They go in the trash. They They're were, not going to be worn. They were well, why not? <laughs> were, they, were they somewhat new? Just wear a Speedo. They're expensive. Yeah, man. I had to come buy new stuff. hundred bucks. <laughs> I had to come buy new stuff from Jake. Luckily, he had one or two things that still fit me, so yeah. it was kind of hilarious. Anyway, so the next night, 50-plus race. Um, it, it, in this race, I got a slower start and was like 7th or 8th out of like 20 in the first lap or two. And by the by the third lap, I had caught the guy in second and just was drilling it to try to catch the guy in first, mm-hmm. and I never saw the guy in first. Oh wow! I just I was just gone. Just, just gone. Um, I get to the end of the race. Turns out he had flatted on lap three and pulled yeah, off, yep. and I didn't cool. even know he had pulled off. So I ended up winning that race too. Good. That's awesome. Congrats. Two for two. Two for two. So chasing ghosts. Not like three. Chasing ghosts that yeah. night. And we were mixed up with other fields, so again, and it was dark because it's nighttime. Those races are at night, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit crazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when you're really chasing ghosts. You don't know who's where. No. So weekend comes around again. I'm feeling good because you I won, won races, the other yeah. two races, but you know, only it's only half the field at those races, and um, 
this time there was like 35 people in the in the men's 50 plus race and I was able to hang in for fourth this oh, week. That's good. Wow. This was Corn Cross, correct? This is Corn Cross. Corn Cross. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. yeah. Again, that's a super strong field, that 50-plus yeah. field. And people think, oh, the guys are 50 well, years Corn old. Corn Cross gets pretty good show out, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, that and then that field puts up some of the fastest lap times. I mean, the, I think the only field that's really giving out faster lap times on average is the, the Pro 1-2, right? Yeah, that's true. So I was really happy to... To get because I've gotten ninth and tenth the last two yep. weekends, and this time I, I just missed the That's podium. Solid. Right, I will five. say that one of the fastest guys in our field did not race with us. He raced in the Pro One Two oh, field. I saw that yeah. and took eighth. Still, oh, wow, so, good for him. So still, Ooh. even if you said fifth, you would still be pumped about. Yes, fifth, I right? would still be pumped about fifth. That's so. that's impressive. You're yeah. you're fit, man. I'm trying to keep up on it. Fitness is coming around. I'm wondering if three races a week is too much. Probably. Probably that'll taper down here. Yeah. We'll talk about that. In a How many weeks is Trophy <laughs> Cup? It's five weeks, and so there's two are done. Yeah, there's th- two are done. Yeah, so you got so three left. Three more, three more weeks of that. Gotcha. Evan, you want to backpedal for us? Yeah, I'll do a quick one here. Um, the most important thing of this last week, I did barely any training, but. I got onto Swift and I figured oh, yes. it out. I figured out how well, to you do the it Swift. Out by yourself? I wouldn't say entirely by myself. You figured it out or Cassie figured it Cassie, out? Cassie, Tonk, and uh, Alan Plank <laughs> gave me a lot of Evan and a small <laughs> army. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I was the one having to click the buttons, okay? I had to click Good the buttons. Good job, Evan. Good job, buddy. I know, I know how to like use the ERG now. So I've set up my own workouts that I'm going to yeah. use. And yeah, it was. Coming, coming away from, I know I was not here to discuss Santa Cruz. I was you should probably give us a little bit of, yeah, I'll do. We, we, we all took guesses. So. I know we all took guesses, but we okay. didn't say okay, so what I'll, happened. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do a short. The, the, the reason I didn't call in last week, I'll be completely transparent here. Um, I was having a very, very nice day in Santa Cruz with Cassie. We really took a day and she showed me a lot of the stuff around Santa Cruz that she did when she lived there. When she was younger, um, what her high school weekends looked like. That city's incredible. Oh, cool. I love Santa Cruz. Yeah. I could have been a beach kid. I would have been a great beach kid, <laughs> except for my pale skin. That would have been the only problem. We <laughs> have two teammates from Santa Cruz. Who's from Santa Cruz? Um, John Hatfield grew oh, up there. Oh, wow. John, yeah. And so did Scott... Troutman? Troutman. Yeah. Grew up there. Yeah. You know, I vote we do a Santa Cruz team training camp at some time. That'd be awesome. Just maybe just a bike trip because I don't yeah. know about training camp there. In, training in camp February probably is an ideal. You got a pretty good location yeah. for training camp. Uh, February there's pretty chilly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so um, I went into this Santa Cruz race, which was now two uh, a weekend ago. Jeez, that was only a week ago. Um, in the best shape of my life, bar none. Like not even really any competition. That this was the fittest I had ever felt and been. Um, it was the end of a race block. So it was at the end of six weeks with three races, uh, 373s. And I go into the race. We, you know, the, the, the swim is an ocean swim. It was pretty chop. It was decently choppy water, not very choppy water, but uh, it made for a fun start. You know, you had to dive in over the waves. Uh, we were all wetsuits is pretty chilly water. And I stuck with the field to the first turn buoy. Uh, we were actually all together. Um, basically until we hit 800 meters into the race and some guys who had already kind of gone off the front, the, the main field really started to split up and guys were really started to hammer towards uh, around the pier. Um, I latched on with a small group at the back and we brought it in and came out of the water, basically 30 seconds off that group. And that we were great. only, I think, um, I think we were like a minute and a half off what was the bigger group. Basically, it was a bigger group of eight or nine guys. Mm-hmm. 
And then there was a group off in front of them and then the lead group. So really with my, my swim not being where it needs to be this year, that was one of my better swims this year. Um, we had a long run up to transition where I made up some time, got through transition, got on the bike and we were working with a back group. Um, through the first hour I was putting out great, you know, power, great work. Uh, we were starting to actually make up a little bit of time on the guys in front of us. Um, and I was definitely going quicker than I had the previous year, uh, with a strong headwind going out to the turnaround. And as you can't control, sometimes I ran over a shard of glass and my rear tire decided it wasn't going to hold air. So I also found out at that time that my rear disc brake had been rubbing pretty hard that entire first hour when I had gone changed. So in, in my head, I knew I went into that race with the best bike fitness I've ever had in my life. And I didn't do a lot of group riding, but I had been doing a lot of really specific training at towards the end of the summer. So it was really disappointing knowing how good my legs felt that first hour, knowing that I really hadn't spent any of my matches yet and was really hanging with a group that I know has pretty close to, we were putting out right under 300 Watts for that first hour. And I think we were going to even push that a little bit more. Um, so sitting on the side of the road, uh, pretty mad at myself for not packing flat kits. Oh no. <laughs> wait, nope. wait, wait, wait. No, I don't race with a flat in 73s. I do not you race with a flat kit. You just did not have a flat kit. I so, never race with flat. So the plan would have been if I flatted. Wait for the mechanic or days that's done. That's it. Days done. Okay. What do you keep in the little box, the little fairing Nothing. box behind the seat? Nothing. Just empty. Empty. That makes sense. Empty. <laughs> so whose fault is this at the end of the day? It's mine. In my defense, the tire was shredded. The sidewall was yeah. completely oh, really? sliced open. A, a tube and CO2 would have Wait. served you like just... Well, I, I just would have flatted later. I mean, that's no, basically what would have happened. you wouldn't have been able to repair because yeah. the tube would have come out. Yeah. So it, what if you had like a little... Um, sidewall. Oh, sidewall. A boot would have helped. Worked. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, though... I mean, really, even 60 seconds in a race like that with how important pack dynamics were, yeah. the, it was still going to be really hard for me to make up. If I did a 60-second switch, I mean, it, it still would have been, been tough. It would have been three minutes at least. I know. Yeah. 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 And I mean, at, at the end of the day, yes, my end time would have been much faster, but I wouldn't have been where I felt like my fitness was that day. Yeah. So. I sit on the side of the road. I waited. It was just under 30 minutes for the mechanic. The guy was super nice. It was not his fault that it took him that long to get out there. They had like a motorbike have a mechanical too, uh, one of the ref oh, motorbikes. Oh. Um, it was just, and it's it's my fault. Like if I'm sitting on the side of the road with a flat, the only person pointing the finger at is me. Like I didn't have a repair. So the guy showed up. Um, I was pretty mad at myself. And he said, hey, you want to, you know, you, you want me to change out for you? And I was like, nah, dude, like tire slashed. I'm done. And he kind of looked at me and he knows a good friend of mine, Nick Cottle, who's an Ironman mechanic. So I think he actually knew who I was. And he kind of looked at me and goes, nah, you're, you're, you're finishing this race. Yeah. And I think it was like, he, <laughs> okay, he, that's cool. he kind of gave me that look for a second. He was like, no, nah, you, he, he's like, you're not injured. You're fine. He's like, you know, and I mean, I'm sure in my head looking back, I should have thought to myself and be like, there are people who race Ironmans without legs. Like right. I have no excuse to, to not continue this race. So he helped me fix it. He got my spirits back up. I was smiling by the time I got back on the bike. He gave me a, a shove too. He was like, here, I'll give you a push. A I was like, oh, yeah, good. Totally. That'll, that'll help. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, got back on the bike and here's the truly heartening thing and disheartening thing for me is I hammered the rest of that bike. And even with a stiff headwind, 
uh, definitely a slower day compared to the previous year. My moving time was, I think, two minutes faster than my bike split from the previous year, it being a much slower day. So I swam faster than I did the year before. I biked faster having a large section of that, you know, standing still and legs stiffening up and threw my nutrition off. Um, Came off the bike and legs felt incredible, which once again was just disheartening because time-wise it was not looking like it should. Uh, ran the first 5K in like 17.55, I think. Felt smooth. Mm-hmm. And going through mile six, feeling great. And then all of a sudden, inconsistencies in nutrition and me, the two previous two days, trying a new supplement for hydration, oh. my stomach was feeling <laughs> rough. I think we've talked about that a few times on the rough. seven. <laughs> Come on, man. We don't I change know. stuff up the day before or a couple of days before. I know. So... Go, I'm not going to we say to I'm not again. going to say the supplement that I was using or anything like that. Let me put it this way: from now on, I'm only using noon because that's what my stomach yeah. has been using for now almost 11 years. There so, um, it was disappointing because let, let 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 me put it this way: there were fast runners around me that I had to go to a walk, go off into the woods, take care of business real quick. <laughs> and by real quick, it wasn't that quick and come back onto the run. And I caught and passed again. Some of those runners who I know are strong runners, you know, every man, Jack guys. Yeah. Then I had to go off into the woods again, yeah. take care of business again. Oh. What happens when you're running with a lighter load? I know. Right. Yeah. Well, I was flying, <laughs> come back on, keep on running. And <laughs> eventually <laughs> caught all the guys who kept on passing me and then even tried to pace one of them to the finish. Um, by it, it's it's really feels rough getting to the finish and i didn't feel tired i didn't feel tired at all wow i came across that finish line probably could have ran another like six miles There's good yeah. takeaways from this yeah. i mean you know that had all the little things not happened mm-hmm. that you've been doing things right yeah that your training yeah. is working and that you can build upon that for next year yeah correct I, yep. yes so yeah i think it's got to reload and do it again next year yeah and- seven seven days later the, the the one take back and then i'll be done with my long back pedal here is is um i now have a little bit more of a fire and competitive feel to i i'm a little bit angry at how that that ended there Stoke which i think is good next it did. year yeah. nice cliffhanger for the year I'd, I'd i'd rather have ended the season that way than had a semi okay good race to end the year this one kind of stoked the fires a little good. bit more so at least your kit didn't rip off your body i'll tell you what at least i was covered the entire <laughs> time covered. now granted i'll tell you what there were moments where i was not covered during that race but i was in the woods so <laughs> i hope that like iron man's not gonna like randomly hear this and come after me and, like disqualify me for That's using right. the restroom on the course they didn't have enough port they had like one portalette uh, like what are you supposed to do yeah no but yeah <laughs> so this is me admitting on our podcast that i broke the rules I do what and bears, you put, and you make your zipper too low. Too. I do what bears do in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matt, did you make any trips to the woods or uh, uh, tear I, off any kits? So I was did, I was able to keep my pants on. on and, uh, that is unfortunate. Yep. Uh, small your bowel movements to yourself <laughs> for all of my for all of my exercise activities this week, which there were not very many. Uh, I swam uh, quite a bit and ran a good bit and. Um, the only thing that's really of note is that my uh, wife did a marathon yesterday, oh, yeah. which was really cool. Uh, so actually, we, we had a neighbor come over and watch the kids, and I went with her in the morning and did the supportive stuff like, you know, water and stuff and helped her with the starting line and, you know, um, got to run with her a whole bunch. I actually mm-hmm. ran 11 ran miles. Lot, yeah. yeah, I ran 11 yeah. miles yesterday, which is a lot for me. Wow. It was a ton. Uh, my Achilles is hurting a lot today. My shoulder's okay. I swam today. Um, things are things are going well. Uh, 
but it was a long day yesterday so we did mm-hmm. the marathon you know i did that and it was just raining the whole time right <laughs> we and, had great uh, weather and it just whole, turned yesterday it just, i mean it was just downpour so we were completely drenched the whole you know that whole period of time or whatever she ended up getting third overall yeah so which means you got to be at the award ceremony which means you're in the rain for even longer uh she had she wanted to go 330 and she went 322 which is on a not good on a tough day day. on not a speedy day and uh she just had a great race and man she fought hard because the to get third place she had to pass a girl at mile 24 and a half basically you know right towards the end of the race so she did really really well very proud of her. Uh, and then yesterday we were like going to sit around and have beers, just kind of like celebrate or whatever. Cause we had soccer. So we spent, you know, more time outside <laughs> in the rain watching mm-hmm. soccer, you know, Jake, you know how it is. Oh yeah. Uh, and so we were like, finally we're home. It was the evening time. We we're like, let's sit down, have a beer and watch the kids play in the, in the cul-de-sac area. So we're sitting there or whatever. My youngest one, you know, is running wipes out and on the concrete splits his head open. Oh. Like, so we're like, oh it's like, I don't know, seven, you know, seven o'clock at night at that point or something like that. We're like, all right, we kind of go to the emergency room, get stitches. Oh, no. So we're just like, so this day, this day just went on forever. Uh, went to the hospital, got him stitched up, got home, you know, 1030 or whatever it was. And it was just like done. Uh, but yeah, here's a so, question. Why didn't she just stitch him up? Um, because he needed to be sedated. Oh, and how many yeah. stitches? Um, I don't know. There's like more um, than 10. No, okay. no. I mean, it was probably like eight. Okay. Um, I actually don't know. I'm a bad, bad parent. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell Chris. Yeah. Know that. <laughs> yeah. So like some internal and some external. And so I'm not Ouch. sure the total number, but I'm going to guess Poor eight guy. total. Uh, but yeah. So Maybe like I mean, a Harry Potter scar form. Yeah, exactly. Like right down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be pretty cool. Yeah, could be cool. Um, so yeah, he's got that going for him. And then uh, yeah, so things are good. Things good. are good. Life is good. Cool. Families, families on the mend. Good. Mm-hmm. Jake, how about you? I rode on the trainer six times. That's wow. it. All right, let's move into errors and emissions. <laughs> We've got an errors and emissions segment brought to us by our um, our friend Elijah Ingstrom, who's yes. on our juniors team. Elijah. I blew it. Elijah. Hey, Elijah, good eye. Yeah. Good eye, kid. Good eye. <laughs> so we were talking about Pojakar. Is that how you say his name? Yes, Pojakar. Pojakar. Pajakar or Pojakar. Yeah. I've said it different every single time I, I say it. So, talking yeah. to the wrong Pojakar. guy. The wrong guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about how he was from Slovenia, and we talked about... Uh, whether or not Mr. Peter Sagan was from Slovenia as well. We didn't talk about whether or not. We just said he was. So yeah. Elijah wanted to po- um, point out to us that he's actually from Slovakia. He's from yes. Slovakia. Those countries aren't even touching each other. No, what? they're not. You would think they, <laughs> you are, would think they are, but they're not. <laughs> Slovenia is between Italy and Croatia down on the Mediterranean, and Slovakia is up by between Austria and Czechoslovakia. Now, Slovakia used to be part of Yugoslavia, correct? Uh, here, it's, I, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Where are these in relation to Alabama because that's the only <laughs> reference that I need to the other side okay got it I know like four countries so okay. Alabama's, Thanks, Alabama's one Alabama's one. Alabama I'm Texas is the other one Texas is the other all right the lead out news who wants to talk about cyclocross there's some cyclocross racing Lance you should weekend. talk about cyclocross talked about a little bit the races <laughs> there was some races uh the big race on the weekend um we um there was a UCI race in in Iowa City, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, cool. uh, the first UCI uh, race of the yep. year, wow. the World Cup, right? The World Cup, yep. and lots of uh, Europeans came over to do the race. 
And our own uh, Clara Hunsinger from Portland, Oregon, wow. mm-hmm. took third place in the women's UCI race. Oh my god! She took third. Awesome. Showing those Europeans. Whoa! She, she did not have a front call, a front row call up. Oh wow! She caught the leaders. She actually led the race for a oh little while, gosh. but she she ended up third. So fantastic result for an American. In does she ever race around here? Um. Two she weeks just, ago, David she was at yeah. David Douglas. She, she raced the guys race, right? She We're raced the guys that? race. Yeah. yeah, and she took That's like cool. eighth in the guys race. And That's what she should do, man. Like, and she, that was probably just a training, training race for. Yeah, <laughs> yes, correct. That's cool. So. Now, I saw Robert Cummings out there. And I, don't, I don't know if They he were raced. riding all over the place. Did they not race? I don't know if he raced. But Danny Weichel, uh-huh. he did race. He went out as well. Wait, really? Robert yep. Robert raced Corn Cross. I think I saw that on his Instagram. No, I thought. he did was not. He, was he there watching? No, he was in. He was in Iowa City. Oh, in, well, that's where his yeah. videos were from. My bad. I was assuming. Yeah. They were uh, yeah. Corn Cross. No, he was <laughs> in it. Iowa City, and I don't know if he raced or not. So I don't have those details. Ah, interesting. But Danny Weichel did. Um, he did a Masters Cat One Two Forty Five to Forty Nine race that he won. He won? He won. Wow. Um, he did three races, and one he took third, and I don't know what happened in the second, and another he, he won. So yeah. Good for him. Good job, Danny. So Portland represented in the UCI race out there. Locally um, at Corn Cross, uh, the, the P12 race was won by Jacob Rathy. Yep, mm-hmm. Jacob Rathy. Um, the, the old guys beat all the youngsters this week. So, oh, okay. yeah. So Cool. That's it. Hey, did you guys hear that a ski jumper won the Vuelta? What? A ski jumper? A ski yeah. jumper? <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> uh, Evan, you want to tell us about the Vuelta real quick? Just give yeah. us a little quick and dirty on that one. Oh, the, 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 the race in Spain was very exciting. I mean, if anybody really wants to see, like, there were a couple stages there that were just so, so, so exciting. Um, and if you want to see a young American that's going to be really coming up on the scene here soon. Jumbo Visma has a young American, Sepp Kuss. It, this, this kid is unbelievable. Won a stage in the Vuelta and was really a huge part of Roglic's success. Yep. Now, outside the fact that Roglic is incredible. I mean, a guy that could be isolated and still win a race without, without his team. His team was great around him until stage... I believe it was 19, no, 20. It was stage 20. They had, uh, yeah. This is the drama from the race. So we all know, you know, Roglic won. Valverde was a couple minutes off his back in Two second place. Back. And Pogachar from <clears throat> Slovenia, Slovenia. <laughs> was, was third, which They're is awesome. year old was Very third. young, yeah. very young. There's so many good young cyclists coming through. But really a big drama-filled story was, uh, it, this is new news. Everybody hates Movie Star now. Nobody <laughs> likes Movie Star. <laughs> They so there was a crash. I could be wrong on the stage. Elijah, I would like you to check this for me, please. Oh, yeah. I believe it was stage twenty. There was a crash. Nineteen. Oh, it was nineteen. Yeah. Was it nineteen? Are, are we talking yeah. about the same thing when movie yeah. star pushed? Yeah. So crash on stage nineteen with uh not 60. that sixty K left, correct? Sixty <laughs> K. I was about to say I was about to say a hundred K, I couldn't remember. Sixty K. So when this crash happened, it took down a large portion of the field. Right. Most of Jumbo Visma is down. Yeah. Like almost the entire team is down. Race leaders in there. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Tony Martin was injured bad. Right. So there's this, this split naturally, obviously after a crash like that, you got teammates also stopping to check on teammates. Yep. And far enough away from the finish that all cycling etiquette since the beginning of cycling racing time would say, you wait for the race leader at this point. 
and you wait for not even the race leader, also people who are just in co- competition for the race. Yeah, in contention, yep. You wait. There's 60K left on, well, what is considered a moving stage day. You wait. So movie star decides for a brief moment that, hey, this wouldn't be a bad time to make up that two minutes and 30 seconds that we're lacking to Roglic, and maybe nobody will notice, you know, that we just, like, decide to gap this in the crosswinds now. So they went to the front and drilled it. Drilled it. Yeah. And, I mean, there's one, I I don't know who the guy was, but there's one Jumbo Visma teammate sitting there, and you can see he's, like, demonstrative on the, like, the camera pans over to him, and he's shaking his head, and his hands are up. He's like, what is going on, right? Like, are you serious right now? And movie stars just drilling it on the front, for it was almost 20k i think and then finally they turned it off and all kind of came to the front it was valverde who actually called him off yes oh really yes you see valverde in in the rainbow stripes come to the front and do what the rainbow stripes jersey is supposed to do and he's part of movie star he is i mean he was he was their leader and why so soon though (laughs) yeah Yeah. I wonder if it's like... Here's what I think. Okay, go ahead. They weren't gaining the time that they needed actually to get the red jersey. Because if you look at it, the gap was still under two minutes at that time. Yeah. And I bet at that point they're like, oh, no. Oh, what? We were pushing the pace? My bad. No, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll back it off. Uh Because they kept it... the, the, The announcers were interesting. They're like, they weren't... They weren't pushing that whole time, but they weren't not pushing that whole time. I think that their race director was telling them... I think he was saying that. And I think Valverde is like... Screw this! I'm yes. not gonna. I'm this. not gonna be a part of this. Well, yeah. what the race? I, that's just my I, like. Yeah. What I hope is like Valverde would be yeah. like, no, no. I what? think I think most people like Valverde, so that's what we're hoping. Yeah. yeah. What the race director said afterwards was their plan all along was to, was to attack in that section because they they knew there was going to be crosswinds there, yeah. and there was, and so that's why all of Movistar was at the front at the bottom of yeah. that descent. So their plan was to always attack, and when. It, time came to attack. They attacked. That's what uh-huh. he said. But they had to. They rode right past all the guys who crashed. They yeah. had to know well, that this they is, crashed. This so. is like going back to when this is years ago with cycling history. But when Contador uh, attacked one of the Schleck, uh, Andy, I believe. I think I think it was Andy when Andy dropped his chain, and Contador had uh said after the race he was like well i didn't know he dropped his chain even though they show video of it, he looks back and sees him sees drop his chain and chain then goes, and goes as if as if in the radio era there's nobody gonna be like hey uh alberto just in case you you know wanted to know andy dropped his chain back there you didn't just drop him by two minutes because you're so strong you know like i mean there's people all over the radios teammates of other teams sitting there probably talking to movie star being like hey Half the Peloton just crashed back there. Don't know if you guys noticed, you know, now right. that you, there's only 20 of us it. here. Yeah. Like, I know this may have been your game plan, but, you know, times change. So, yeah. yeah. The, the other crazy thing in the Vuelta was the stage the day or two before mm-hmm. where they did, it was a 142 mile stage and they averaged 31 and a half miles an hour. What? 31 and a half miles an hour for 142 miles. That's gruesome. It was flat. There was cross tailwinds the whole day, but they finished like an hour faster than they anticipated. They did 142 miles in like just over four hours. (laughs) What? 142 miles. Add up. Done before, man. Can't. That's crazy. Anyway. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> fun, fun Vuelta. Everybody should watch the end of the stages. It's fun. Any micro news, Matt? <laughs> Anything in your backyard, <laughs> neighborhood? Micro news. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's jump into our listener hot lap. We are going to give a listener a call who has uh, kindly volunteered to be on the show and had some questions for us. So let's give Ryan Lee a call. I'm scared for this one. <laughs> Here we go. This is Ryan. Ryan, it's Jake from the Dial Podcast, and I'm here with Lance. What's Evan up, Ryan? And Matt. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going great. Good. Good you guys. <laughs> Likewise. Hey, uh, thank you for jumping on for our listener hot lap. Really appreciate that. Um, some of the guys have some questions for you. I'm going to let your, your uh, little BFF over here, Mr. Lance Romance, <laughs> get things started. Ryan, Ryan right. and I have known each other for for 30 years. We've known each other no a way. long time. Wow. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah, so, so. I'm sorry, Ryan. Long 30. It's been a long 30 <laughs> years. Long 30. <laughs> We've seen each other through marriages and the end of marriages and beginnings <laughs> of that stuff and lots of kids and all sorts of things. So actually, Brian's one of my favorite people in the world. We try to hang out a bunch together, so I'm super happy to have him on. So Ryan, why don't you tell us just... Uh, a brief history about yourself and where you live and where you're from and what kind of biking you do. Okay. Um, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. It is, I think, about 98 degrees right now. Um, so it's still hot. Um, I, like Lance said, uh, I, we were college roommates. That's how we met each other. And we both um, were walk-ons on the track team at BYU. Yep. And uh, that's probably where I, I did or got into biking probably for the most part. I mean, I had, as a kid, I grew up riding BMX bikes around town. Um, and, but at BYU fell in love with mountain biking. Uh, my first uh, road trips were with Lance. And today I have a road bike that collects dust and I have a brand new mountain bike that I just yes. crashed out on uh, yesterday and wow. uh, tore my leg up and ripped my oh, hydrolophane. No. Oh, oh no. boy. Cool. So, well, yeah, so it, was fun, it was fun though. <laughs> Where were you riding, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, I was riding at uh, Blue Diamond on a trail called Landmine. Oh. And, you know, appropriately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got blown up. <laughs> I got blown up. Yeah. yeah. Ryan and I, back in the 80s, um, we took a trip to Moab when we knew nothing about. Um, mountain biking and we actually rode the slick rock trail together oh cool like in the in the late 80s there's a picture of me wearing this white terrible helmet and i believe <laughs> i don't have a shirt on <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised was this was this prior to shocks on bikes was this all hardtail it back was. then it was it was. all hardtail yeah, yeah. All rigid yeah it was oh, all man. rigid so it's pretty crazy. Were you that riding was when in I jean used to shorts? Be able to keep up with Lance on a bike. <laughs> I imagine that everybody in the '80s rides like in jean shorts. Wait, is that true? I, I can't remember what I was wearing. Um, jean shorts. I'm just yeah. gonna say jean shorts. What, yeah. Whatever shorts they were, they were too short. <laughs> <laughs> Especially exactly without a shirt. They were. Right. they were those Patagonia shorts, you know, the nylon. Yes. <laughs> Barely support. Yeah. So Lance has gotten a Lance has gotten a little bit faster in his retirement. Is that what you're referring to? Oh yeah, hell of a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I want to I want to ask a question back in the track days here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, good question. So, who like how athletic was Lance Ryan? Was he as athletic as I'm picturing or would you have toasted him in certain events? Cuz he was a decathlete, um, correct? The the only two events I could beat Lance in were probably pole vault and high jump. Pole vault and um, high jump. Everything else pretty much hands down he could beat me in. Okay. Uh, and probably maybe even pole vault towards the end. Um, but it, I, I would say it took him his whole college career to beat my high school career. That is true. Pole vault. 
I was a I was a fifteen six pole vaulter. It's not bad in college. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to that. I never- and is that true, Ryan? Hold on, Lance. Yeah, that, I vaulted over 15 true? feet. I know I vaulted over 15 feet, yeah, but, but it 15, took me. Then you got to 15 six. Yeah, I, know, right? <laughs> I was a 15 10 pole vaulter. Let me be clear. 15 14. I was a 16 6 pole vaulter. <laughs> Keep raising it. Yep. If you just talk about like nobody hears a pole vaulting expert outside of you and Ryan, so there's yeah. gonna be. No we way. always joke about like how much faster we've gotten as we've gotten older. Like, oh yeah. Oh the PRs, you just remember get, them faster. We, we definitely get better with age. That's oh yeah. Right. Fine wine. Fine uh-huh. wine. Yep. Nine hour Iron Man, right, Matt? Nine hours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nine, <laughs> nine hour. Yeah. Iron Man. Nine. Matt has done a nine twenty or no, nine thirty. Nine fifty five. Oh, okay. so nine. Sorry. <laughs> it's what it is. It's a nine. But a nine. But nine. <laughs> this is what happens when I get around Ryan. We start yapping, yep. and uh-huh. we just can't stop talking. Who would, Ryan, who, who? okay, in, in your primes, let's say you're both 22 years old, who wins in an arm wrestle? Oh, Lance, for sure. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, dang it. I was hoping <laughs> I was going to get sure. him on that. Cool. Ryan is is tall and skinny. He's not weak, but okay. he's he's tall and skinny. Long levers. So, yeah. who, so who wins in a being taller contest? Oh yeah, does dude. Ryan? Go, oh, Ryan's yeah. got him. Okay, he's six three, and I say that I'm five ten. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, could you yes. dunk? Could you dunk back in your prime? Oh yeah, oh, easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. easily? Oh, mad, they all have cool. mad hops. Oh yeah, I mean, I would imagine jump. high jump. You could probably have done very well as a basketball player. Yes. <laughs> Matt, do you have any questions uh, yeah. for Ryan? I have lots of questions for you, Ryan. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you feel like you're? On the, do you feel like you're on the listener <laughs> hot seat right now? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. bit. Um, Okay, well, this isn't even a question, but some of your rebuttals to our top 10 lists have just been spot on, like perfect. So thank you for that. That's not really a question. I would ask you like how you come up with it, but I think you just shoot from the hip. They're very, very good. Um, But a real question for you, um, which part of Lance's body should we wax next? (laughs) (laughs) And and for new new listeners... uh, you know, so I think that Ryan and Lance are part of, you know, uh, like a fantasy, fantasy football. football league. Ryan is Thank my you. league commissioner. Actually. Oh, boy. Oh. He's in charge. <laughs> Technically your boss. Yeah, we're talking to the right guy now. <laughs> and, then, and the loser usually has to like wax their legs or something like that. That is correct. Which that's not a thing for Lance, right? And so I think like a chest wax might be more painful. I think the arms. Yes. He's got I, a lot of you thick know, hair in his arms. This is a good topic because uh, Lance far too much enjoyed the leg wax yep. the last time. Yeah. It's supposed to be a punishment. You you were like, this is for the loser. To. It was a good thing for me. Yeah, actually. it was. Yeah. And he's kept it yeah. sheer. I think chest, chest would be, a, I think chest would be a, a fair trade as long as it was you know, the entire chest. I think maybe like oh, butt so. cheeks or something like that. Yeah. I that's think more I was based on hurt. some recent shenanigans of uh, Mr. Lance Hepler, he might need to shave some other regions yeah. that have uh, <laughs> I need to trim the edges, burned our maybe. eyes. <laughs> you know, Lance, there's this thing. You like new technology. It's called Photoshop. Yeah, oh, I yeah. blew and, it. And- <laughs> I should have photoshopped that picture before I posted it. But I thought it was hilarious the way I posted it, so I just oh, posted boy. it. <laughs> My wife is like, please take the picture down. I'm I was like, I was about to ask if your wife was. It didn't, like, no, it didn't get flagged inappropriate it, it anywhere not. by any of the. No, that did not no. get flagged inappropriate. It did not from hmm. Facebook or whoever. Okay. Uh uh-uh. So yeah, safe, <laughs> it, safe, safe-ish. Safe-ish. <laughs> that was really walking a fine line. <laughs> hey Ryan, got a question for you. What's your favorite segment on the show? And do you have a, a follow-up to that? Would be do you have a favorite episode that we've done or a topic we've done? Um, favorite segment, hands down, is the hot seat. I like a little bit of conflict and a little bit of humor. Nice. Nice. Good. Good. Good recommendation. And, uh, 
What's that? Uh, just good recommendation. Yeah, no, I think that's good. We just need, I think we need to do it, you know, maybe like once a month or something Probably. like that. Bring that back. It's a good segment. Yeah, it, it's been kind of like on a once a month yeah. kind of, cycle. Uh, cycle, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as episodes, it's hard to keep track. They all kind of run together. I probably listen yeah. to about 80% of them. I, I save them up for road trips. Yeah, there They're you excellent go. excellent on road trips to be able to listen to a conversation. It's always good conversation. Um. I found the one that comes to mind recently was the one about um, performance enhancing drugs. That's that was that's too. always been an area of interest, having competed in uh, track and field. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, my uh, my my views have changed from uh, back in the day to what they are today. Interesting. On it, so it was interesting. What? How? How would you say your views have changed, Ryan? Just like a, a brief. I know that can be a very long answer, but you know the the short version of that. Um, I, you know, I was adamantly opposed to any back in the day, but when my, my vertical jump leap was probably 22 inches and I competed against guys on my own team who had 40 inch vertical my and it God. just didn't seem like a fair fight. And, you know, why, you know, they win the birth lottery and, um, you know, so I, I'm a little more forgiving of it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, plus I was never tested, so, you know, I could not have I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so I so yeah, I mean, I I always used to think that it was the people that were on the fringes that would be the heaviest users. But my perspective has been that it's the most competitive individuals that are probably going to be the most likely users. That's a good yeah, point. Gotcha. Good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. One last question, and then we'll jump into some questions from you. Tell us something about Lance we might not know. Oh boy. It's like everything. Oh, he everything. knows way oh. too much. Exactly. This will this will be an NC seventeen version of this. So you can share anything. Oh, uh, I don't know. This is this could get me in trouble. Um, you in trouble? Brandy's not listening. <laughs> yes, she probably is. No, she's not. Oh, all right. So I'll give you the. Oh man. Lance is my best friend, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go easy on him. Um, oh. Actually, I'm not gonna go any hard on him. But what you might not know, Lance always likes to think it's road cycling that got him to bike into bikes, and I think it was the mountain biking. Okay. I think that's where he actually first started to fall in love with bikes. But um, he, I think he forgot that when I was listening to the episode. He talked about uh, being a kid riding in scouts, but the first bike I ever knew him to own uh, was probably on a. Um, it was it was on a his church mission. He, he got a bike, but when we both got back to our sophomore years, we both bought bikes because we had rented bikes as freshmen to go mountain biking. That's true. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if if I want to get a good if I want to go fast, I ride my road bike. If I want to get a good workout, I'll ride my road bike. If I want to go have fun, I ride my mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that can be a pretty darn good workout too, (laughs) honestly, when you're looking at your power development. I know you've talked about some of the power output you have on that mountain bike. Yeah. 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 Hey, Ryan, you got some questions for us? Oh boy, do I ever. Oh, Um, Oh, here we go. I know he's been prepared. So, okay, I got, I got three and if we might not have time for all three, but I'll go with the one I've been dying to ask. So, uh, especially Evan, who seems to have a revered, um, uh, view of biking history, uh, <laughs> but, but it counts for all four of you. Uh-huh. Why no love for Greg LeMond? Oh, it's that's like, a on your great podcast, question. Like the, that is a great the, question. The, the evil wizard who shall not be named. I've I've got I've got an answer for that one. I think, I think in in a sport like cycling, so it's 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 very much like people throw their their support behind individuals versus teams obviously like you would in other sports even though it is a team-based sport 
you you know, especially as Americans, we really latch on to individual athletes. Greg LeMond, really at the end of the day, now being a guy who won the Tour de France in really amazing fashion, like when Correct. he beat Hinault, that's one of yep. On, I mean, I on would the say last day, yeah, I would say arguably, really for most of your Tour de France historians, they would say that was the most impressive tour win, most exciting tour yes, win in the history of the tour. Yeah. I think I think that's a fair point. Just just to point out. Mm-hmm. The last day was an individual time yes. trial. Yep. And I forget we, the amount they, of seconds. They, it, it was, was seconds. like eight seconds. Yeah, yeah it was like less and than 10 he won seconds. the whole tour. On the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does not get more Tour de France than that. Yeah, pretty that was pretty amazing. And an American doing that in France, we should, lo- we should love this and, guy, right? Yeah. But we yeah. don't. <laughs> Why do most people not love Greg LeMond? Here's the bottom line. I think in his 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 spats with Lance Armstrong over the years, he ended up looking like the guy who was like, I want more attention for my accolades when Lance really came onto the scene as the American but cyclist. Should, but shouldn't we look back on that and be like, oh, he was right the whole time. Yes, he was right the whole time. But, I don't then, believe he didn't dope. I don't believe that. Really? That era was rid of drugs. That era was when they were experimenting well, with PEDs is, that we can't even like. This is steroids specifically, yes, but, but here, also amphetamines. Hang on a sec. And amphetamines. Yeah. Hang on a sec, though. Yeah. Go ahead. When he raced, because here's the thing, I never, I, you know, I've never been in an actual road bike race in my life. But mm-hmm. um, my dad, who's never owned a bike probably in his life, is the one that would got me in the '80s to watch the tour when when Le, when uh, Le Mans was was winning because mm-hmm. it was such a great story. He was always never in the front running until they got to the mountains. Yeah. So if he's doping, why didn't he excel more in the flats than when it, it he always he, he never was in the lead. It was when I got to the Pyrenees or the Alps yeah. that he actually yeah. took the lead. He, yeah. He so, doesn't look like the frame of someone that's no. hooked up with a lot of steroids. No, no, no. no. I and, think I think in that in that time period, so you're, you're you're looking at there was a lot of steroid use at that time. Right. But we're talking about at that time it was a lot of the Olympic sports is where yeah. the steroid use was huge in cycling at that time. Even if you look at the accusations that have been made of like Miguel and Duran's, you know, runs, mm-hmm. um, you, you look at guys like that who did excel in the mountains, even as their stronger frames, Lamont doesn't follow that. He is a lean frame. He was always a lean, small what, frame. Was a lean frame. Yeah. Was, was a lean frame, small, small frame, you know, yeah. very small, great in the mountains. Uh, a rare breed that could time trial at that size as well. Mm-hmm. But this is the era where amphetamines were huge. I mean, there was literally even a cycling movie. It was a front, uh, a Belgian cycling movie where they make fun of the PED use for amphetamines yep. at that time when they had a group of guys who used a ton of cocaine before a race. And then they all burnt out at like mile 20 and it's like a comedy cycling movie. And it was, but at that time it was so rampant. I, I think at the core people, had a hard time, I think really at everybody's court, when you compare Lance and Greg, you have a hard time believing that Lamont was squeaky clean beating a guy like Hanalt, beating the Badger. You know, that's true, but but I don't, I don't think that's, I, I just don't revere Lamont as much as I do Armstrong, yeah. even though, and, and I'm not exactly sure why that is, other mm-hmm. than the fact that he came, Lamont came off like this, whiny yes um you're, you're, you're irritated you know disgruntled what do, former yeah. what do racer. americans what do americans love in an athlete in in ironclad almost like just win at all costs right. force tour de force 
What is Lance Armstrong? Just, yeah. Pure tour de force. So, so but see, yeah, go hang ahead. on a sec. Yeah. Go ahead, I, I think Americans love more than that. They love an underdog and that's why they like Lance from the beginning. That's a good yeah. point. And that's a very good point. There's yeah. never, there was never, I mean, uh, LeMond had to rip his first win from LeMond out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, he was battling his team, his own team, yeah. his was. own he team. Was, yeah. Didn't want to let him win, let alone the you know the country of France. Mm-hmm. I mean, they poured oil on the road on his time trial that the the year that oh, they I, hated I think him. it was the year he was competing against Hanol for his first mm-hmm. win. And that was, I mean, Hanol was a hero at that time, and I'm, yep. and Hanolt is the last Frenchman to win the Tour de France. Yeah. So I mean, you're. Yeah. I think this that particular event i know that there's been documentaries talking mm-hmm. about that but that would make an amazing actual movie oh i would love to know the full actually something like that yeah yeah i mean and there's been a lot of documentaries talking about that i would it's love called... to hear the entire story and, and here's yeah. a badger is not the name here's it's, chasing the badger. Badger. it's yeah. really good if people you know if our listeners haven't watched that it's definitely mm-hmm. worth so here's my thought process i think that that is probably the most spectacular victory of all tour de france's mm-hmm. it's an american it's yep. an underdog story yeah and yes, he does come off a little bit whiny, but he's been right on so many subjects. Yes, correct. He's been right on so many subjects. He's, he you know, been we have like right. yeah. he's he's nailed a whole bunch of people. He said like this person I think has done drugs, like gone out on a limb, said stuff probably that he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. He and he's been dead right. He's been right. Then he was like, oh, you know, these bikes might have motors in them. Way before other people were talking mm-hmm. about it, they had motors in them. Yeah, like so he's just mm-hmm. been right again and again. I don't think that we've given him enough credit on this podcast, but. I'll tell you why I think that everyone kind of overlooks him, you know, especially kind of from an American standpoint. Mm -hmm. I think it's the matter, like, I just think it's a matter of timing. I think when Lance Armstrong was winning, we Mm -hmm. had full Tour de France coverage on Mm -hmm. on television. It was like the Discovery Channel. You could watch. This is true. They would play the the entire tour and then they would replay it. Yep. And so you could basically watch 12 hours of tour every day for three weeks. Yep. And that was also at a time in, you know, again, I'm aging myself here a little bit, but it's like, this was at a time when I was like in college and we were watching this guy just win and win and win. It was just like, it was at a time in our personal lives yeah. where you kind of have this here. Whereas Greg LeMond really was before my time in some ways. Also, you look at American history at that time, right around 9-11. I mean, that was a time where America's patriotism was at its finest, at its its absolute finest. And I mean, like Lance said perfectly, they're an underdog. What better American story to get behind than a guy who literally came back from cancer to win the toughest race in the world? It's an unbelievable story. It's a truly unbelievable story. So I think it was, I, I kind of agree with you, Matt. Maybe it's not as much what LeMond did. It's more the just gravity of what Lance did is so hard to hard to compete with you know so yeah so i think that there's just a couple of different things that kind of you know add up to a situation where where we the four of us you know as we talk about the podcast totally overlook greg lamont and i don't think we should because I think mm-hmm. he's. That was a great question, Ryan. It was a great Ryan, question. Ryan, that's a good one. Oh, that was a hot lap question. Hold. Yep. We could have done. We could do a whole podcast on <laughs> this. This podcast is, temperature, is turning into the Ryan podcast. It is like podcast. Vegas temperature right now. <laughs> this is turning into the PED podcast. <laughs> what else you got, Ryan? Okay, Evan. What is Lance Armstrong's favorite sport currently? Hmm. Currently, currently, his favorite sport. Oh. Who doesn't his? Oh, I maybe um. I know his son was a really good football player. He plays for Rice. Nope. Yeah, not know. not his. Okay, no. I would say I mountain hope. biking because he's been mountain biking with Hincapie lately. I hope it's nope. not golf. 
Don't say golf. It's, I hope it's not golf. It's totally golf. It's oh. golf. No, God. Oh. It is golf. So embarrassing. Dang it. <laughs> oh, oh that that I'm going to need a source like, for that. I'm going to need you to cite your sources you know. on that. Here, yes, here's the source. The source is on, uh, oh, what's his podcast? that uh, stages. Uh, Joe, stages. The Move. The Move, um, yeah. Huh? That's his podcast. No, the no, move. not Lance's podcast. Oh. Um, the guy who was the MFA announcer. And Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan. Joe, oh, one yeah. of my Rogan. favorite podcasts, yeah. Inter- Joe Rogan's interview of Lance Armstrong. And he uh-huh. had to leave early because he was going to play like two rounds of golf that oh, day. Oh, God. But that, that's like his new favorite. That's where he gets his competition these days is playing golf. Could you imagine playing a round of 18 against Lance Armstrong? He'd rip your head off. Like that guy would be so overly competitive in a casual Sunday just round of 18. It's kind of funny, though, if you think about it this way. It's it's kind of coming full circle for golf because Lance, when he was in his pinnacle, just, just like what we were talking about, yeah. he pulled so many people into the sport of cycling. And cycling actually became, they called it the new golf. That's yep. where business got done. Mm-hmm. People went, they were out training. They were out going on bike rides. Yep. And a lot of people walked away from the golf course to start taking on cycling. Thank now God. we've got the guy that pulled everybody away, <laughs> uh-huh. walking back into the sport golf. of golf. So, yeah, interesting. I love it. Very cool. Next one. All right. right. All right. This is like my, my last one. So this, when I've given you my top ten list, it's because you say something on the podcast that I um, disagree with a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're good at that. Good. So um, finishing methods. So um, I don't know if you guys caught um, Teddy Bruschi's um, three, he finished the Boston marathon three times. Uh, and I'm guessing he got a sponsor exemption to do it, but, um, he places his three Boston finishing medals as high as his Super Bowl rings. Uh, <laughs> Teddy Bruschi was a, um, linebacker t- for the Patriots. Linebacker, linebacker for the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. And now is uh, ESPN so, broadcaster still correct, yeah. isn't he? So you're saying yeah, that, still- that we don't revere finisher medals as much as we should. Is that what you're saying, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the way I would say it is that people, you know, if you think of it from a competition standpoint, you guys all are competing. You guys are in good enough shape. You you want to compete for the podium, but for some of the rest of us, we realize we're never gonna, you know, we're never mm-hmm. gonna be on the podium, and we're competing with ourselves. And the medal is telling our, you know, we we beat the part of ourselves that said we could never finish the race, and that's why it's such a big deal. And those yeah. of us who I've, the goal is just to finish I've, yeah. I've, or I've, to get off the couch and do it. I've yeah. changed. I've changed my opinion slightly on the finisher mill since that podcast actually here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think if we go back and we listen to the podcast, what we really, you know, cause it was a debate of like, yes or no, should we? And we debated it. So there's uh-huh. some of us that were like, yes, they're great. Yes. And you know, others no, they're horrible. Get rid of them. But I think really it's come down, you know, it comes down to like some finishers medal, you know, when you accomplish something, whether that's a marathon, mm-hmm. uh, an Ironman, those finishers medals, they're they're legit, right? Like, th- I, I don't think any of us are going to argue against an Ironman finishers medal. Oh no, they're nice. It's medals. the it's yeah. the five k finisher medal, yeah, right. Where it's like, and Ryan, I think your point even was like, you know, if someone has conquered their battle to get to that five k and that medal is good, then awesome, that's great. And the the problem is when you have you know, an Evan or, or whatever it is that can do a 5k. No problem. That's not a, a tricky. Mm-hmm. Just, he doesn't need a 5k medal. No. And so, you know, giving medals to everyone, I don't know. I'd rather and there so. be an option. I think we had discussed this. Yep. They, this may be, I, I wish there was an option for you to say, no, I don't want the medal. And then they cycle those medals through different, uh, charitable foundations. Sure. I yeah. know there was, 
a program in Ohio run through up and running running shoe store. This was years ago. I, I think they still may do it, but they um, took a, people's medals that they gave back and brought them to the Children's Cancer Society, which I thought was a cool program that I think some races should do. You know, just out of curiosity though, what's the kid going to do with a race medal for an no event idea. that they have no idea what no it idea. is? But I'm just I, curious. Think it, I, don't know. I think it was like they, we, um, there were people who would volunteer to go and give them to, to, to them while they were going through chemo. And gotcha. I think the, and I think the medal was a, was like of them like of hey, them getting through chemo yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they're of their fight with chemo okay. with, yeah. which i think is i mean yeah. the other thing you can do and i've done this is just not take a medal when they offer them to you at yeah. the end of the race which works really well because a lot of those medals are reused year to year and then oh, the yeah. other thing you can do is you if you have a huge stack of them mm-hmm. you can like so for why racing like i had like a like a like a ton of them did you just give them back I to them y? Right, right back oh, to cool. y yeah. and then they can use those again they just change out the ribbons if I they're doing that. and again yeah. that depends on the race and the race director and all that yeah. stuff but because i actually can be reused. i think i only kept one of my medals from this season actually yeah and that's what you should i like, think i did well, yeah i don't know those are some sometimes i think like yeah. iron man medals yeah it's different you know 73 is different though if it's a full iron yeah keep that medal i don't yeah. care if you finished a second before the cutoff you keep right. that medal because that's it yeah. i have my iron man medals framed yeah, yeah. you should that's yeah. i mean <laughs> but i think it's just i think with the metal art like discussion it's it's at the the the, the end goal is going to be different for every person but i think that you know you, you like those end those like like you shouldn't collect the medals all the way up that's a lot of medals to collect if your goal is like i made a mistake <laughs> i gave evan more coffee when he got here today and he's just going <laughs> crazy he's like <laughs> yeah, i'm like coffee. i'm like two and a half cups actually into today and it's what noon 30 so <laughs> the listener hot lap's supposed to be three to five minutes uh 26 minutes later ryan we really appreciate <laughs> we, your time it's the ryan show <laughs> oh that's awesome uh, <laughs> Ryan just made the hottest of laps, though. I think. Yeah, that was Good. excellent. Right, yeah. Hey, Ryan, your listener hot lap medals in the mail. You should see it in a couple of days. All right, I appreciate it. <laughs> it. Thanks, guys. Hey, man, really appreciate you listening. And uh, you got any any parting thoughts for us before we let you go? Oh no, I, that, I, I have I, my head's full, full of bouncing thoughts now. So <laughs> I when are we going to see you in the Pacific Northwest so we can go grab a ride? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Hepler, are we doing the Super Bowl at your place this year? We might do Super Bowl at my place. I'll be there. Yeah. For the waxing. Bring all you guys. (laughs) For the the Super Bowl waxing. (laughs) All right, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time, and we'll uh, we'll see you you soon, hopefully. Bye, Ryan. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Love you, brother. Bye. I really like doing those. Those are fun. I I am going to really employ all of the listeners out there who would like to jump on the show. Give us a ring. Um, you can, well, I don't know if you necessarily need calls, just jump on Facebook and, and, uh, direct messages and we'll set something up and then we'll get your phone number and, um, give you a call and we'll, we'll chat. It should it's, be a lot of fun. It's going to be hard to live up to Ryan. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. He's, he's, he's a good guy, man. Yeah. He's so. a good guy. All right. Guy. Let's jump into our topic for today. That topic is overtraining. Oh wait, Ryan just sent me a text. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> <laughs> he said, sorry, I choked on. One la- one thing about Lance we don't know, but to be fair, I was going to be about trying out for competitive folk dancing. What? You tried out for competitive folk dancing? I don't remember this, but he swears <laughs> that I tried out for the competitive folk dancing club. First of all, there's team. a competitive folk dancing. Let's move on. What is competitive folk dancing? <laughs> Lance repressed this from his memories. I repressed it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, back to overtraining. Let's go through the definition, symptoms, how to avoid, uh, how to rebound from it, uh, the psychology behind it, the risks, personal experiences that we might have had. You guys want to start? 
Anybody want to start? Matt, you want to start? Yeah, I definitely logged a, quite a bit of miles and things like that back in the day when I used to be a jogger. And uh, I, it's hard to say. And I, it's the overtraining bit is a real tricky balance because I think that there's, you know, this bit where you want to overload so that you have some adaptation to training loads. Uh, so you do want to push it. Um, and it's just a matter of like finding that fine line of when you're kind of overdoing it. And I think when you're, you know, kind of when you've been training for long enough or coaching, you start to see people that are overtraining. And some of the symptoms that you might see uh, might be um, like interrupted sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, might be something that you'll see, you know, if you've, if you've got interrupt, you know, if you've had someone or an athlete or whatever, and they're doing a lot of overtraining. Another thing is just um, like a weakened immune system. So you might start to see people get colds and things like that. Yep. Uh, other things that you might notice, um, if you're overtraining and kind of, uh, kind of taking, you know, one step too far on, you know, mileage or whatever it is, uh, it's just feeling kind of that rundown feeling on every workout and workouts start to kind of slip away from kind of target goals and things yeah. like that. Definitely lose so, motivation. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. So, so those are things that I've noticed. Um, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I can't, I'm having a hard time thinking of specific times when I'm like, oh, I, I definitely was overtraining in this particular point. And I definitely did very high volumes, you know, running and things like that. But I feel like my body handled it very well. Um, the other thing that I would say is uh, just straight up injuries, right? Yep. Where you're just like, you you know, you've thrown too much mileage together or, um, or, you know, even when you do like too much hard work where it's just like actual too, like the workouts themselves are too hard and you actually just like break something or... Achilles gives out or whatever it is, um, those sorts of things. It's not necessarily overtraining at that point because that's just an injury. Uh, but I do think that, you know, we could kind of at least discuss it as part of one of those things where you've kind of overdone it with your training and it's resulted in an injury itself. So gotcha. I was I'm very curious to hear more from you because you've got such a long career of running at high volumes and then you've yeah. transitioned that into the triathlon world and doing Ironman, which is again, a lot of high volumes. Plus you're a coach. You work with yep. a lot of um, endurance athletes and I am curious to see uh, what, what you have to say about that. I think so. Here's this, this debate where I run into this all the time and I have a hard time with this because I'm, I'm very opinionated on it. Uh, and I realize, but I do realize like my opinion can be wrong. Um, you, I see so many people that are just, that'll just say this, like, uh, you're injured or, or, or even if you're like, you're overtrained, um, it's because you are doing too much. And I don't necessarily think that it's just like this black or white piece where it's like, uh, I can't run over 50 miles, you know, or whatever it is. Like, I just think that it's uh, a lack of adaptation. Yeah. It's uh, all relative. Yeah. It's, it's all relative. And you know, whether, you know, 50 miles might be too much for you right now. Um, but a year from now, 50 miles might be an easy week. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I think, uh, a lot of coaches, um, will just kind of draw a line in the sand and say, this is too much. This is not enough. Uh, and really not actually take into consideration the adaptation piece at all, which is crazy, right? They're just like, that's overtraining and that's not overtraining. Whereas you can like, I've run 160 miles in a week before, which sounds insane, right? Jeez. It's that's ridiculous. So it's like 22 miles a day. I felt fine. At the end of the week, I ran a 5K race, ran pretty well, like pretty well considering the mileage I put in. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think I was really overtraining because I think my body was adapted. You know, I had done 150 mile weeks. I had done some stuff where it's like, I think my body was well, 
you know, I was giving myself enough rest and things like that. And I wasn't, you know, in peak fitness. It was just like a very big base period. Uh, I think my body was in a situation where it could handle it. And it, and it did. I think I was fine. I didn't get injured afterwards. I didn't have some of those symptoms that we talked about where I wasn't getting sick or anything like that. I wasn't having bad workouts. Everything was fine. It was just a very large volume of work. And I think my body had adapted to a certain level. And so I would be very cautious of assigning a number to overtraining. Yeah. There are, what What's beautiful about this day and age is we have so many new things at our disposal yes. that we can use to monitor that stuff. Before, it was just like, throwing somebody in a car that had no gauges and say, just go as fast as you can. And now we've got gauges and tachometers and all these little fun bells and whistles that we can take a look at and start to look at the metrics of what's going on with our body. And we can start to make changes based on what those metrics are telling us. Was it last week that we talked about heart rate variability? Yeah. the Was it last week? Yeah. In the whoop strap and the measurement of that. Right. I mean, it's really good at doing or handling some of those things where it's not like you can just wake up and feel your heart rate variability. Yeah. I just, you, you can't, Put, you know, I mean, you can feel if you feel good Correct. and you can feel if you feel bad, but you don't know what your heart rate variability is. And that's so. one of the things that after listening to Lance talk about that, looking into it a little bit more, I'm like, all right, now I can see the value of that. It might not be the most valuable thing for your day to day. Like when you're just going through like your training, like looking at a power meter and, and yeah. just seeing your volumes and all that stuff. But all of a sudden, if you're getting to the end of a block and you, you're, you're still wanting to push it and you're wanting to be competitive or like Lance is right now racing all the time that's going to tell you a lot of what's going on with your body that you don't necessarily see. And you can start to work that into like, all right, I need to take an extra recovery day or I need to not train on this day. I need to, you know, maybe take the day off. And that really helps you go like dance with that, that fine line that Matt was talking about, but not go over it. That's, that's been very prevalent in my mind here lately because I'm, I'm racing three days a week with, with, and they're 45 minute races at like, maximum effort you know so it's and that's not all you're doing though you're still going out and you're still riding you're still going out and chasing the occasional segment here and your your volume is still once this week yeah (laughs) your volume's still there though so but that's the thing having the whoop strap and getting a thing is certainly helping the um the whoop strap just gives me the number yep what my what my recovery score is for the night and if i know that the recovery score is good it's gonna be okay um, after racing really hard this week, yep. my, my recovery number. So this is three very hard races, three very hard races. And, and that I, was and your last hard race was Saturday was Saturday. It is now Monday. I, took, I woke up with an 86% and you took, took Sunday off, story. which you usually do, right? I did not take yesterday off. Oh, you didn't. Okay. I, but my recovery yesterday was even higher. That's weird. So I'm, I'm adapting to the workload to the doing this three times a week well and and honestly like three workouts a week is good if you can i mean i feel like that's a sweet spot well that's the thing i'm only racing or recovering yeah i'm i'm not are you really taking your recovery days easy or um pretty much tell the truth out of seven days (laughs) there'll be one day where i'll put some efforts in on your recovery on my recovery so yeah uh, seven days in the week. I'm racing three of those days. Is it Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday? It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Okay. So, so Thursday, mm-hmm. I'm usually putting in some efforts. Seconds. Okay. You know, and then and nice and easy on and, Friday. And Saturday, you're still focused on your Saturdays. Those are the bigger races. Those are the bigger races, correct? And the Tuesday, Wednesdays are more fun. Correct. I think. I think we also, you know, we talk about overtraining, and I think this is something that we should definitely mention. Is like there's a mental aspect to this. There's a huge mental aspect to this where it's like there, there are probably in, 
you know, there are probably like hormones released when you when you're you know out there and you rip your pants and you have a funny and you're laughing. Right, I'm laughing. You're right. laughing at yourself or whatever. And then the next day you go and you race and they're making fun of you and you're still laughing, I'm still laughing about it. And you're and you race hard or whatever it is. But you're, I mean, I think if you're having fun, I think that that can like. It's, it's different than the monotony of doing uh, an indoor workout where you're doing this brutal workout and it's, that's mentally taxing. So we talk about overtraining, but I don't know, mental taxing stuff, I think is definitely something that we should consider, you know, with the whole picture of overtraining, not just the physical side of it. Right. Because if you go have fun, a couple workouts, like you probably feel okay on Thursday or maybe you're sore or whatever, but it's not like you don't want to bike. No, that's correct. I, I personally, I don't have a problem with you racing three days a week. No, I, and I think that that's great, and it's great fitness. It's just what you do on those other days that's going to make all the difference in the world. If you're going to go out and you're going to add like a tempo ride in, or you're going to start doing some threshold rides, and then you're going to have a big, giant, voluminous ride, and then maybe you take one day off the bike, I think that you start getting into a situation where you're digging yourself into a hole, right. and pretty soon you're not going to be able to get out of that because you're going to go over. You and, should probably train with me on your off days. <laughs> well, I've been. I, I've been riding with my wife. I shouldn't say that, but that, but it's is great. I think it's perfect. I'm spending time with her. We're seeing cool stuff. Yep. And it's and it's very it's, mellow. It's mellow for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she would have any problem with Forced, that. Yeah. yeah. You know, another thing too. It's this isn't something that happens over the course of a week. It's not something that happens even over the course of like a training block. It's when you go for long stretches of time. And again, like Matt said, it's subjective to the person because we're talking about somebody that's coming fresh into training yeah. for a, a sport well, and all of a sudden they go nuts for like two or three yeah. weeks. Yeah. That person's going to see problems pretty soon and they're going to have right. to, you know, push pause. Whereas like Matt or Lance, if they really go hard at it for five or six weeks, they're still going to be fine. It's whether or not. Well, uh, let's not rope me in with Lance. If I did, <laughs> if I raced three times on the bike, like Lance is doing, I would be shot. But, but see like right now I'm only doing like 11 or 12 hours total for yeah. the whole week. Right. Cause your race and, days are short. Right. And the whole summer I was doing like 18 or 20 hours a week. Yeah. So my whole volume is down, but the taper down for racing. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're doing it right. I don't have a, um, a qualm with you. It's total, <laughs> it's total luck right now. We'll, yeah. d- we'll see in like three more weeks if I just blow to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, there are a couple different symptoms that you want to look at. And I was reading an article that Evan shared with us and the symptoms can kind of bounce around and be different based yeah. on whether or not it's aerobic or anaerobic. Um, Interesting. Have you experienced any of the aerobic stuff, like the, I guess we'll call it the insomnia, the irritability, the agitation, the tachycardia, which is kind of like a high heart rate that you can't get to come down, and then the the hypertension and restlessness? Is that something you've ever experienced? Uh, I, I, it's hard, for, it's hard to know like what is to blame when you don't sleep, right? True. So sometimes you can kind of put a finger on it, where it's like, yeah, you know. I had caffeine, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, oh, that's what's the cause of this. It's so hard to be like, it's because I'm overtraining. So I definitely have tons of nights where I have not slept well. Yeah. You know, back to the caffeine thing. I don't, I don't think I've personally ever dealt with overtraining. I've probably tiptoed into it a few mm-hmm. times, but I definitely have dealt with the fatigue. And generally throughout the course of the day, I'm perfectly guilty of using caffeine as a crutch to get through my crutch, day. Yeah because I'm fatigued from my workouts and right. that will inadvertently affect my sleep. So yeah. that's, that's something you kind of have to be careful with because if you're not getting that, that quality sleep, yep. then you're yep. <laughs> it's just a downward spiral. Much worse. Yeah. yeah. So is that's the, uh, that's where your body recovers the most is during deep sleep cycles and REM yep. sleep cycles. Yeah. And it's hard. 
And that's what really sucked for me last year when I was dealing with the recovery process. I was not sleeping. I was getting four to five hours of sleep and it was all broken where I would sleep for maybe an hour and a half or two. And then I'd be up for anywhere from a half an hour to an hour and a half trying to get rid of pain or trying to find a comfortable position or just dealing with something. And that was, that was really hard. And I think that actually extended my recovery process. Um, It it sucked. That's one thing where we're having the whoop strap helps. Um, it is, I, I know what my resting heart rate is. Yep. Yep. So, and, and when that's one, another sign or a symptom yeah, is if, if your resting heart rate is rising, it can be a sign of, of yeah. overtraining or overdoing it. Yeah. Spike in the resting heart rate. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't need the whoop strap to take your right. resting heart rate. Yeah. You just want to take it first thing in the morning, kind of before you get up and move around, which is, kind of hard to do yeah, yeah. you know what i'm looking at my notes incorrectly those symptoms that I, I put out there those were the anaerobic ones so that's probably where matt was looking at me like no, i don't know I, I'm well so the aerobic ones were more uh, geared towards fatigue depression bradycardia which is the, the slow heart rate and then loss of motivation so those all make sense from a, an aerobic so when you're putting in your 20 plus hours of running a week and doing mm-hmm. 160 miles if well, you try to do that for a prolonged period of time you're probably going to have some of those symptoms i'm guessing yeah, I so so long ago, you know, and I also think when you're more youthful, you just don't have the broken sleep as much as you do when you're older. I don't know. True. That's just maybe that's just my experience. Um, but let's see what our text message says. <laughs> <Text message. laughs> what do they say about this? What do they say about recovery? Uh, so no, I just think um, they they said never mind. Looked at the wrong options. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. that's what it says. Absolutely. So. <laughs> That's so, funny. yeah. So I think um, it's, you know, when I was doing that much mileage, I felt tired because I was running a lot. Yep. Um, I always felt like it was okay to be tired a little, you know, like you want to go to bed at night. That's good. That's okay. Your legs are tired. You want to sit down. Like That's okay. <laughs> but like in college, you were like directed what to do. Your coaches were kind of. They were. We had. They tried uh, to be on top of that. Yes. Uh, but they didn't really tr- like suggest weekly mileage for us and so um a lot of it was like we're gonna do these workouts on these days and um i think that's kind of the right way to do it in some ways because you're you're handling a whole bunch of people for one and so keeping track of weekly mileage is very difficult with technology today it's something that coaches could probably do a lot better and i'm sure a lot of coaches do uh but back then you know, it was like, we're morning runs, you're on your own, right? And so it was, there was these ways to kind of get your mileage up, um, you know? So whereas the majority of the team might run gotcha. 70, the majority of the team might run 70, 80 miles a week, and I'd do 100. Uh, and so the other piece of the puzzle is your long run, which, you know, um, I thought was, I now I still do really think it's like one of those kind of runs that's completely overlooked by a lot of coaches as not being that important when it's probably one of the most important runs. Yeah. Uh, especially in youth people that, you know, and same thing for cycling. A lot of this is kind of, it's very important to develop your aerobic capacity. And we don't think of it as much because our aerobic capacities are pretty much fully developed. You know, like we can do some long rides and a lot of youth cyclists or youth runners or whatever, like that's the real struggle is being able to go that long. There's Mm. plenty of speed, a lot of get up and go, but you know, not able to hold it as long as they potentially need to be able to hold it when they're talking about racing especially cycling. So, Gotcha. Um, with respect to building training programs for folks, a lot of people like to jump in, think more is better. And 
for for me, I I I don't like seeing people do that. Mm-hmm. They'll hit it too hard, too fast, and they'll become discouraged with the sport. Yeah, I, I really like tell people when whenever they ask me for advice or if I'm coaching somebody, it's it's slow, steady growth over the course of time, and that time yep. can be over years, not years. just a more just a, a, a the, um, the time period of maybe just a couple of months or like a quarter or a half a year. It's years of development, and it's something that if you do it right, you're gonna have much better results in the long run than if you try and get too much too fast because a you'll get burned out. Yep. B, you could get hurt, or C, you could get into the situation where yeah. it's tough to dig out of it because you pretty much to, to get out of that overtrain, that overreached, over yeah. whatever. Um, you've got to stop, and you just have to like basically hit the reset button, let everything kind of come back to, to you know ground zero, and then and that start might going take forward. a month or two, yeah. or three, yeah. to to dig yourself out of an overtraining hole. That's true. And hopefully, you don't have an injury that you're going to try and you right. know, have to rehab from as well. So. You know, I just take your time. Um, yeah. On that note, let's talk about some of the other little tips or tricks that we can give people or suggestions for you know digging themselves out of a situation where they're overtrained or at least like flirting with that and starting to feel some of the symptoms. Do you guys have any uh, any feedback for them on that? Well, you know the when you're in the thick of it, you know, and I, I deal with a lot of athletes. Uh, when you're in the thick of it, taking a day off sounds ludicrous sounds it does it sounds i mean and and a lot of us sitting around you know are like haha you know that's that's funny but then you know or um probably a lot of listeners are like yeah day and you know take a day off all the time it's no big deal but when you're really in the mix like a day off just sounds like that is the craziest idea i'm not gonna do that like that's crazy and i definitely was there for sure uh when you're you know older and you're taking a step back and you're actually coaching athletes and stuff and you're looking at it you know like you can see like a day off, guess what? Three days off doesn't matter. You're probably going to race very, you know, within a second or something like that of how you would have raced. Otherwise you might race better. You might race slightly worse, but like, it's not going to be very much difference at all. And if you're flirting with overtraining where you can really hurt yourself or, um, or the consequences are pretty severe, then, you know, a couple days off can be super beneficial. And so, uh, just kind of getting that perspective, you know, a couple steps back and looking at like, oh, a day off is not that big of a deal, um, I think is helpful uh, in some ways. And and not to downplay the fact that, you know, these people that are also like not willing to take days off, they also do very well because they're not willing to take days off, you know, and you get a lot of a training effect just by like that kind of sheer volume that they're doing. Uh, and so I don't want to belittle that at all. Uh, but if, if you could have some sort of like combination of the two you know the will to drive to have that higher volume and and grow that over you know a long period of time uh with the with the willingness to be able to take you know the occasional day off when needed you know that's the that's the sweet spot that's the magic sauce you know Mm -hmm. but like i don't know you know exactly how to make that happen because it's very easy for athletes like this to get obsessed with the details and not take that day off right so. That that leads me to something else, and I've been a huge advocate, and I, I'll still tell you all to this to the end of the days of me riding. I love Strava. I, yeah. I think that it's a great thing for cycling. However, it does have its pitfalls. I think that people get too tied up in the the notion that they think everybody's actually watching them. Yeah. And they think that everybody cares about whether or not they're going out and doing this training ride or yeah. whether or not they're getting a KOM or, you know, yeah. looking at their average speed. Like they start to think that people, everybody it's, is putting them under a microscope. So they have to go out there and perform yeah. and taking it to a day off, heaven forbid, you know, that could be like the end of time yeah. in, in their head. So from a psychological standpoint, I, I think that people need to be very careful with that. I think yeah. that we need to remind people that, Hey, you know, people are supporting you on there and maybe they do see the rides that you post, but 
they don't really care whether or not right. you take a day off or whether or not you rode, you know, 16 miles an hour that day was your average right. speed or if it was 21. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think that's, that's one of those things where you're just mentioning this in passing, but like easy days can be easy. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Whereas like, I think a lot of people see my really, really slow runs and they're like, I could run with him or whatever. It's like, you could, you, you can't race with me or whatever, right. but that's, and that's okay. Like, it's not like, you know, whatever, but like, but like then I'll go 12 minute miles on some difficult trails, whatever it is. And so it's like, you know, these easy days are okay to, to do easy. Yeah. And don't let Strava break you of, you know, being a better athlete just yeah. because you're not willing to have a slow, you know, miles per hour day. Yeah. Celebrate those. Yeah. Make a big deal about it. Take some pictures, post them up and, and, you know, make sure that you don't overdo it. And, and I thought your point of like, people aren't watching that close is, is pretty spot on too, because yeah, I mean, that's true. I think what's cool is like you, you scroll Strava if something is interesting, if Lance isn't wearing his pants on one of his rides, you're, you're going to give that, <laughs> the, you give it the kudos and you move on. You know, I right. don't know. I don't know how many miles per hour you were going on that ride. You right. didn't have pants on. <laughs> and that's funny. So I'm going to give that a thumbs up. That gets a thumbs up. That's going to get a thumbs up. And if you do find yourself or if you've been there before where you've overtrained, one of some of the things that I was reading online, and I would tend to agree with this, is um, start to take a look at the things that are affecting you from like a social perspective. Like if you're moody, if you're if you're always fatigued and tired and you just have this like general like I don't like I can't even think about bikes or you're just like you're, you're not in your right mindset. Don't take a look at necessarily what your heart rate monitor is telling you, whatnot, but, you know, stop the activity, whether it be running, riding, whatever, Mm -hmm. just put that aside and then go just enjoy life and wait for those things to subside and go away. And I think once those things start to go away and you're like, Oh, you know what? I kind of feel like going for a ride today. I feel kind of good. I'm not, I'm not feeling tired. All of those are pretty much in the rear view mirror. Then you can start tiptoeing back into it. Don't go like full bore right back into it. So you find yourself there again, but use that as one of your, uh, your litmus test for whether or not you think that you're ready to get back into the activity. Uh, on the same note, you, you, you should find something that is soothing or a stress reliever sure. or, or something like yoga or meditation yeah. or stretching or good music or you sure. know, things like that, sure. which can just help improve your mood and you know, yeah. whatnot. So yeah. getting massages. Yeah. And then if you do get back into that activity and you are still noticing that you're having issues with your heart rate. Maybe like you're putting in an effort and you just can't get your heart rate up. I don't know if you guys ever felt that notion before. Like you're just like, you're, you're trying and you're doing the effort and you're just like, I'm fatigued and I can't get my heart rate up. I can't push my legs any harder to make my heart rate come up. You're probably still fatigued and use that as like your next benchmark of like testing to see whether or not you're ready to get back into the sport. And if, if you're having that normal physiological response of like you go and you push and you can do an interval and your heart rate comes up and then you stop said interval and then it comes right back down into your normal zone. Okay. The, the, the motor's working again and it's working the way that it should be. But if you're having a hard time, if you're hitting the accelerator and the, the motor just will not rev up, it's probably time to get off the bike again and, and, you know, give it some more time. That's going to be important, I think, for for everybody to understand. So, um, anything else that you guys want to add on the subject? We could go on. I've got notes for days, and and yeah. I, <laughs> we, we went a little long on some other things, but um, maybe we can we can put a little bit more of this into another segment. Yeah, another we should time. definitely circle back on this issue. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we will because we talk about all this kind yes. of stuff all the time. But yeah, it's definitely a good subject yeah. for sure. So at the end of the day, the, the parting note is just be honest with yourself um, and take an honest look. And then for um, sake of just making sure if you're, you're not able to do that, have somebody work with you, your peers, your, your coach or people that you respect and, and just, you know, 
communicate with them and hopefully they'll give you some honest feedback so that you can make the right steps because we don't want to see anybody get hurt or turned off to a particular sport and we want to see you be successful. Yeah. So, all right, let us jump into one last thing. Matt, you want to go first today? Sure. All right. Um, let me think. Oh, um, I posted a video last week and it was just like hundred videos, you know, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. kind of Congratulations short, on that. hundred yeah, videos. I know it's cool. I'm, I'm kind of excited in some ways and you know, but, um, there's enough material on the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash M If you guys want to check it out, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cycling stuff. There's, you know, some swimming, not that much running surprisingly. Uh, but you know, there's getting to be enough material now that people can kind of hop in there and kind of Find what just you want. dig into what they want. Yeah, yeah. specifically, which is cool. Um, I think I'm going to post a video this week uh, talking about like, if you had an unlimited budget, like what, what gear, what triathlon gear would you pick? Which I think is kind of a fun yeah. discussion because you kind of get into some stuff where it's like, even if I had a ridiculous amount of money, would you buy that Wahoo kicker bike? Meh. I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> right. like, it's like, no, I kind of, I kind of want to be on my bike when I'm doing, you know, indoor sessions or whatever. So we should totally do something like that on the podcast where it's just like, just cycling, right? You know, it's just, although this could be a triathlon podcast, but, uh, <laughs> just cycling, like, you know, what would you spend money on given, you know, an endless bucket of money? Like, what would you, what would you buy? It can get pretty nuts pretty fast. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, you know, what's the spare bike would you have? And there's just so many more things that you could do. But I think it would be a, an interesting discussion because sometimes even though something's twice the price, it's still not as good as the, uh, you know, the other item. Right. Uh, and so some little things like that, uh, that I think, you know, if we're discussing stuff would be interesting for people to listen to, but that video I hope will come out on Wednesday or Thursday ish, uh, along with this podcast. So check it out. Very cool. One last long thing. (laughs) Lance, one last thing from you. Uh, My races this week will be in the muddy, sloppy rain, most likely. Our weather weather has changed a bit. So, and and I traditionally don't do as well in wet, muddier races. So we'll have to see what happens this week. Keep your clothes on, buddy. Yeah, I can't promise that. <laughs> uh, if you've noticed, um, Evan's voice disappeared from the podcast. We lost Evan. Yeah, we, we lost, lost Evan. I think he had. I think he's in the bushes doing something. I don't know. <laughs> Went outside. He's in the woods. What you doing out there, Evan? <laughs> he got called away. Hey, Smokey. <laughs> Uh, my one last thing, uh, Nicrossi's this weekend, so I'm going to come out and oh, watch cool. that and oh, see fun. see you guys all out there racing. If it's hopefully not raining too hard. I'll take some uh, some pictures of you. Cheer everybody on and everybody from our team. That would be fun to see a bunch of uh, orange out there. That's almost in our backyard. Yes, it is in it's Washougal. Washougal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Washougal, Washington. So um, for the motocrossers out there that have heard of the – the, the nationals, the motocross championships out at Washougal Motocross. That's where this race will be. So at the race at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, yep. should be fun. Yep. And then I just wanted to congratulate my wife who did the bike leg of a half Ironman this weekend and That's logged awesome. her longest bike ride of her life. Oh, fantastic! Fifty six miles. <laughs> jumping back into my back pedal that's uh she rode more on her bike outdoor in that one day than I did um all week. All week. Yeah, yeah, I didn't ride outside <laughs> once last week. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sad state of affairs when your wife's putting in more miles on the bike outside than you are. So, <laughs> and she actually beat me on the Saturday too. I think I rode on the trainer and did like thirty something miles, and she did fifty six. So, yeah. man, woe was me. All right, anything else, guys? I think that's it. Yeah, awesome. Good luck. Thanks for having week. us. Yeah. Yep. Everybody out there listening, we really greatly appreciate it. Hit us up on Facebook at Dial Podcast and check us out on Instagram. We do post some uh, pictures up there from period from time to time. Don't look at my pictures. <laughs> Don't look directly at Lance's picture. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.